Hi, this is John Ratzenberger. That's right, the same John Ratzenberger that played the part of the very handsome mailman on the TV show Cheers. Now, it's a little-known fact that, in my heart, I'm just a country boy. Welcome to the NutriBlends Animal Ag Podcast, where we tell the truth about American agriculture. On this podcast, false rumors are run out of town. Misleading marketing gets called out for what it is, and you better have good science to back up your claims or you're getting a boot. You hear me? I'm John Ratzenberger, coming to you from Nashville, Tennessee. There are many trace minerals on the market. Differentiating them can be difficult. Along with differences in minerals, they act differently in the animal as well. Today we will help explain what they are and how the animal utilizes them. Steve Elliott is the global director of the equine and mineral management teams at Alltech. He has been involved in the feed industry for more than 25 years. Elliott is on the executive board of the American Feed Industry Association and serves on their equine committee. He is an active member of the American Registry of Professional Animal Scientists and the American Quarter Horse. He attended the University of Florida, where he received his bachelor's degree in animal science and his master's degree in nutrition. Welcome, Steve. Thank you, John. There are many different organic trace mineral sources on the market. Can you explain to us what the differences are amongst these products? Sure. I think in order to differentiate between organic trace minerals, we first have to understand what exactly is an organic trace mineral. Um, and organic trace minerals are basically what animals get out of nature or humans get out of nature. And we simply take a mineral source or a metal ion and we react it with some type of organic material and we create a ligand or a bond. So in many times with organic trace minerals, that's either amino acids or peptides or organic acids. And we form these organic minerals similar to what we would find in nature. Um, the differences are basically when we form them, how stable are those products and how do they react going through the animal system? Well, what are the benefits of having a stable trace mineral in the GI tract? Well, basically, remember that trace minerals, and by trace minerals, we're talking about things like zinc, copper, manganese, iron, selenium, essential, which means we have to have them every day, so do animals. But all of the absorption of trace minerals happens in the small intestine. So whenever we ingest or take in trace minerals, it has to go through the GI tract of the animal. And through that GI tract, it goes through a gastric phase, very low pH, like our stomach. And low pH has a tendency to dissociate things or break them apart. That's how we break out proteins, etc. So stability of the trace mineral is important because we have to get the trace mineral down to the small intestine so that it can be absorbed. If it dissociates before it reaches the small intestine, it can react with other components of the diet or be polymerized or tied up and thus excreted into the environment with never being utilized. So stability is very important in that we want to get as much mineral to the digestive or the absorption site as possible. So how can producers easily differentiate between which mineral sources are stable 
and which are unstable? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, but it really all boils back down to chemistry. Um, fortunately, biochemistry professionals around the world have done scientific studies which tell us how strong these bonds are, what we call these ligands. So we can actually go to the scientific journals and determine, depending on what type of ligands companies are using, how stable that product is, and thus being able to handle the low pHs and stay together, uh, guaranteeing maximum amount of trace mineral reaching the absorption sites. Not all producers can remember the days in the high school chemistry lab, though is there an easier way to determine which OTM will, will give you the best performance? Well, once again, I think we have to go back to the science. And if we look at the science or the biochemistry of strength of ligands or strength of the bonds, that gives us a lot of information. We know that trace minerals want to dissociate or come apart in low pHs. But if we look at the other research that's been done, we know that these trace mineral forms, some of them can interact with things like vitamins in the mm. diet. Vitamins are essential. Enzymes that we use in the diets now with most production animals and even antioxidants. So it's really important that we want to try to increase the stability of our trace minerals. And that's why certain ligands, particularly peptides, are very good at forming these organic trace minerals that we use in the industry. There are some misconceptions out there about minerals. What, what beliefs do you think have become the most prominent, and how do you address them? Well, I think the biggest misconception is about the size of the molecule. Um, in the early days of organic trace minerals, many of the companies um, used only single amino acids. And in doing that, they always talked about the molecular size. That was part of their patents. So many of the people believe that the smaller the molecule is, the better it is for absorption. But once again, science has shown us over the last 30 years that size has nothing to do with it. It's actually about the bond strength. We keep going back to how strong these bonds are. So the biggest misconception has been that size matters. Um, we know it doesn't. It's more about how strong the bond is so we can maximize the amount of trace mineral that reaches the absorption site. Organic selenium is another area of the trace mineral industry where many different products are marketed. Are the differences between these products as vast as with the other minerals? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question because selenium is a little bit unique. When we talked about the organic trace minerals, we talked about mineral ions that we could react with an organic material. So those are transition metals, things that have a positive charge, where selenium in nature is neutral. It does not have a positive charge. So we cannot form the traditional organic selenium um, by the chemistry that we use for the other trace minerals. So uh, the best way to form organic selenium is utilize something like yeast. So selenium yeast was brought back to the feed and animal feed industry back in the early 2000s. Um, it was developed by Alltech. Um, so selenium yeast was the initial organic selenium that was on the market. And now over the last couple of years, there's some um, synthesized organic seleniums and on the market as well. There's big differences in all of these products, but the selenium yeast has the number of research trials that show the increased in efficacy and safety where these organic um, synthetic selenium sources 
are, are not very safe and are just now coming onto the market. Hmm. Well, do you take multiple vitamins in the morning? I do. I take I take organic selenium because we've done a lot of work on organic selenium in human health, particularly cancer. And now we're working on dementia type of products um, or type of problems. So, so you don't take a multivitamin? I don't. I don't. I take an organic selenium product and I depend on my diet to give me all the other stuff that I take. Let food be thy medicine. Yes. You mentioned the environmental side of trace mineral sources. Can you... Can you tell us more, a little bit, uh, elaborate on this? Well, uh, historically, we fed a lot of trace mineral to our animals. They were very inexpensive, these inorganic trace minerals. So nutritionists or formulators typically over-fortified the diets to ensure that the animal was getting enough trace mineral absorbed. But by over-fortification, it led to a lot of excretion into the environment. And many parts of the world are starting to struggle with water quality, etc., because of contamination from overuse of trace minerals in animal production. Zinc in particular is one that they're very concerned about. And organizations or areas of the world, like the European Union, they've lowered trace minerals that are allowed in, in animal diets because of pollution. Taiwan has done it. Even China has lowered the amount of allowable trace mineral because of pollution. Thus is the another advantage of using these organic trace minerals. Since they're more protected, we can feed lower levels and thus ensuring the animal gets maximum absorption, but also doesn't excrete or pollute the environment. Now, the uh, organic and inorganic uh, minerals, anything going on in Brazil? Yeah, so that's another uh, great example is that recently Brazil redid their recommendations for animals, what we call the National Research Council or NRC here in the United States. Brazil has a similar organization and they were reevaluating what animals should be fed in Brazil because once again, they were getting pressure from municipalities of pollution or excess trace minerals showing up in groundwater. So the Brazilian scientific huh. community got together and they come out with new recommendations, and which is very unique about Brazilian tables is they have recommendations for inorganic trace minerals, but then they also have separate recommendations if you're using these organic trace minerals. And what's surprising is that the organic trace mineral recommendations are about 50 to 70% lower than the inorganic trace mineral recommendations which means we can feed animals a lot less and still get better performance. Hmm. Well, to finish up then, what, what trends or new ideas are, are coming down the pike in the trace mineral market? I don't know if there's anything really new coming along, but what I do think is that the industry is becoming much more aware of these organic trace minerals. Uh, they've been on the market for a better part of 40 years, but now we're starting to see, because of pressures from different legislative bodies, that we need to feed less to be mindful of the environment. Um, companies like Altec, we are now doing a lot of work on looking at how low can we feed these organic trace minerals uh, and still improve performance on the animals, but lower excretion. We've also discovered that by doing this um, type of approach in fortification, we have less impact on vitamins, enzymes, antioxidants, like I mentioned before. So the rest of the animal's diet is actually doing better or performing better. 
and we're satisfying the animal's trace mineral needs by providing them significantly lower fortification in the diets. Well, to differentiate organic trace minerals, we first need to understand what exactly OTMs are. Effectively, when we talk about organic minerals, all we've done is taken the mineral source, we've reacted it with an amino acid or a peptide or some other organic bonding group, and we basically make that mineral protected. OTM's bioavailability is key. A trace mineral source that does not dissolve in the gut and that can withstand the changes to pH allows for more mineral to arrive at the point of absorption in the intestine, increasing bioavailability. Minerals that disassociate will not be absorbed into the bloodstream. Instead, high levels will be excreted as waste. I want to thank Steve and encourage our listeners to join us next week to hear what's on tap in animal agriculture.